What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks, and uh, as promised, we've got a primetime guest on the show today. Uh, part of the Bucks uh, championship coaching staff, we should say. Uh, Blaine Miller is with us, and quite honestly, we just don't get a lot of insight into the coaching staffs uh, across the NBA. So this is going to be really cool. We'll get into the championship stuff. We'll get into what just happened at Summer League, uh, and also Blaine's path to the NBA. I'm, I'm curious to find out more about that. So let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show daily uh, and also find my work over at ESPN and alongside me, as I mentioned, uh, Blaine Miller from the Bucks uh, coaching. We can get into this. Is I always say this. You guys have different titles along the way. You were head video coordinator at one point. Is, is that still your title? What are we? What, are, what is your title right now, Blaine? Yeah, I had a dual title. Uh, assistant coach <laughs> is kind of the, yes. the overriding one. So that's the one that I roll with. I like it. That's what I've been rolling with all week. So that makes sense. Uh, we thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first uh, watch of every day, particularly in late July. We are right in the middle of the offseason right now. But uh, as we mentioned earlier in the week, we'll have some uh, Giannis games to cover in a few weeks. So we're excited about that. Uh, but for you, Blaine, we'll get into Summer League a little bit later on. But just right now, do you take a few weeks? Do you get any time? Because I was sitting there watching Summer League on the couch at home and thinking, these guys haven't had a break for what feels like two years straight. Yeah, I mean, the the bubble to the championship run into last season, that was like, that was weird. Because um, even with COVID and the hiatus and like we were kind of like shut down, right? Like all I did all day, every day uh, during the lockdowns, the initial ones was watch video i we I rewatched right. our entire season so like those those three consecutive kind of years um like really that was like two years of like actual lifetime um really blended together um you know unfortunately in our line of work like if you get time off that that means that you didn't win That's uh, right. so it's a little bit of a trade-off i think i have a lot uh after the last run or so even just one championship run um but the season's being condensed or the off season's being condensed uh between them like you have a lot of appreciation for what the golden states uh the cleveland's mm-hmm. like in there and the miami's like when you're going three four in a row or, or more it, it, like i it's it's very commendable what those staffs are doing but um, you know, we got a, a few weeks after the season uh, ended for us after game seven in Boston. Um, and then we kind of started picking back up with the young guys and just getting ready and gearing up for summer league. And then post summer league, usually get a week or two. Um, so I'm actually in North Bend, Washington. I've been coming up here for uh, eight years now. Um, and now, it's, like I said uh, before, just turned into this like the post summer league kind of flush for me to get up here, get out here. I'm not an outdoors guy uh uh in practice um but i love just being outside and it's a nice change of pace from going from nba city to nba city and especially las vegas 
uh, where it's just go, go, go. Um, so, yeah, nice couple of weeks here. August is is lighter. Um, we'll have guys in for workouts. We'll probably do a coach's retreat. Um, you know, might get sent somewhere to go work out with a player. Um, but it's kind of the big picture, knowing that like once once it turns into September and we're kind of rolling the training camp, like it's pedal to the metal for you know hopefully nine ten months into into June. Can you switch off? Do you find it easy? Um. No, not really. Yeah. Like it, it takes, th this is, this is the one kind of time where it's, it's like, I'm not quite ready to start prepping for next year, kind yeah. of finishing up some loose ends uh, from last year. Summer league takes up a bunch of time and it's like, it's just different roles. Um, so right now is like as close as I can get, but I was still, I was still working on stuff. It's hard not to like, it's just kind of, it's part of who we are. So I said at the start, it's pretty rare that we get a chance to get some insight in terms of what you do day to day, what you're doing uh, during games. But before we get to that, I want to get, I found a story on on you, Blaine, which was uh, post-championship, I believe. And I'm not sure what, was it the Watertown News or something like that? So Yeah, Daily Times. <laughs> so I didn't realize, so, I, I, so you're a, a, a local guy from growing up, or I know you went to school. In, well, I found yes. out you went to school in Wisconsin, so Watertown High, then played a season at UW Stevens Point. So you grew up in Wisconsin. I did, yes. Uh, Watertown's about an hour away. It's right in between Milwaukee and Madison. Yeah. Um, so that's where I was born and raised and grew up. And uh, my parents still live there. My grandma's there. Um, so it's it's pretty unique. Uh, like It's unique to be um, at this level and get to have some of the experiences that I'm very fortunate to have um professionally and personally but it's i think it's very unique to be with like your home market team like there's not right. there's no you know you're not getting a nod just because you're from around here it's just kind of a matter of circumstance and it's the way it's played out has been nothing short of incredible for me to especially with a championship run in there to like have my family there to share in that experience um it's it's been really cool so i'm not trying to get you in trouble with any uh bucks fans listening were you a bucks fan uh, yes. I mean, I wasn't, I would say I didn't grow up with cable. So it was like, it was right, like right, right. 24 would have a couple yes. bucks games on. Yeah. Um, I would say I was, I'm, I am and was a, a diehard Packers fan. Like as a okay. kid, like it, okay. it was Packers, Packers, Packers. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I cheered for the bucks as much as there was to cheer about, um, you know, at, short of after 2001, it was, it was kind of some, some dark years, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of dabbling in mediocrity uh for a while um which you know it's whatever they get to the playoffs and like yeah brand jennings is saying bucks and six like yes. <laughs> we're gonna do it uh until we didn't um but yeah i mean for all intents and purposes yes a, a bucks fan um yeah. I, I was i did i also was like in that realm and like i cringe now but i was in that realm of like all oh, the college game like they for try sure. and they play hard yeah. and it's like <laughs> once you kind of get into this realm and you see just like, yeah, I mean, I get why they're not trying like super, super hard every single night. Uh, Cause it's, you know, a Tuesday in February and you're playing some random game, you know, for one of 82, but um, yeah, that, that was another piece for me. I was always like, and I just wanted to watch college basketball, was the purest and uh, just thought that they played so hard. So that's why it was better. But look, uh, as an Australian, I, I always say this, 
Uh, I've never been uh, bitten by the college uh, basketball bug. It's not something that's ever really attracted me, unless there was a team that I was watching and I was curious about the top prospects and that type of thing. But when you're not involved with the school or anything, you never get drawn into that. betonline.net now uh, the number one place for all your sports betting needs find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games and uh, right off the bat here let's get to some 2023 nba championship odds the bucks are uh, coming in as second favorite now at betonline.net at six to one uh, the boston celtics still the favored team there the brooklyn nets have come in significantly over the month of july they're at 14 uh, to one now, but you can find all the odds for the 2023 NBA Championship. There's also Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, uh, over and under Lions. Uh, the Bucks had 51 and a half wins last time I looked there. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, this yeah. is probably a super long uh, story for you, but I'm always fascinated because it seems like such an impossible task if you weren't a professional player whatever it is to work your way to where you are i mean it's it's honestly incredible and and again it's probably a long story i'm not sure if you can summarize it for us but how did you end up uh with the bucks after playing one season i believe at uw stevens point correct yeah uh, a lot of dumb luck and fortunate circumstance and, and <laughs> taking advantage of opportunities when they arose um so yes i i graduated from watertown high school 2010 um actually took a long time like well into the summer deciding where i actually was going to go to school um was actually going to go to marquette um to pursue like a medical route um that's what i thought i wanted to do and steven's point was kind of like was recruiting me but kind of in the back of my mind that whole time and for whatever reason uh, well the reason that i love the game like i could just not give it a try. So I ended up going to Stevens Point. Uh, we had a phenomenal team. Um, we had we were they had won the national championship the year before I got there. We had a bunch of seniors, um, a really 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 good Division three team. Um, and actually, we lost to St. Thomas in the Sweet Sixteen. St. Thomas ended up going on to win the national championship um, by twenty every game after <laughs> they knocked us off on a on a last second basket. But um, so I was there for a year and. Um, the coach that recruited me is Lance, Lance Randall, um, who's uh, a Wisconsin, his family, really, his, the, the coach of the year award in Wisconsin for high school basketball is named after his father. Um, he's a legendary high school coach there uh, from Oshkosh West. Um, he actually was taking a job at St. Leo in Florida, uh, Division Two down there, got the head job. And for whatever reason, for me, just didn't feel right to stay on. I, I wanted to be back closer to home. Um, and so I ended up transferring to Wisconsin just uh, to go to school as a student. And while I was there, um, my first senior year, so I, I went to school for a couple of years and, and was coaching summer league basketball um, for Watertown and actually Fort Atkinson High School. Basically, that was my summer job was, was coaching boys and girls high school basketball um, at various summer leagues in the area and just realized how much I loved it. And like, whatever I thought I was gonna do from a career standpoint, like somehow basketball was gonna be involved. Um, like I just assumed I was gonna coach high school basketball until I died. Um, <laughs> and 
so I really just realized how much I missed being around the game. And so I sent an email. Um, it was like a couple of weeks before the season had started. I sent an email to Kevin Bavery at Middleton High School um, and asked if he'd be open to having a volunteer and that I you know, really wanted to work with the varsity. Uh, I think my schedule um, would was actually, I took all science classes and I, uh, I was a chemistry major. Um, and at Wisconsin, such a heavy research institution that like all the all the science classes are in the morning because all the professors then go in the afternoons to right. to their labs and to do their research to do their their real job um and so my schedule actually worked out great with like a high school schedule to be there to be able to be there in the afternoon three thirty four o'clock and i had a, a couple times with night classes and stuff that i missed but it ended up working out great um and he like pretty much without any you know interview or prodding he was like yeah we'd love to have you just kind of brought me on board. I came to the first meeting, uh, met everybody. And then from there, just kind of kind of rolled with him. Um, so I was there for three years um, as a volunteer assistant coach, uh, the last two years of college. And then my first year out of college, I was working at Epic. Uh, it's a medical software company in Verona. Um, and I just realized how much I hated uh, yeah. corporate job. <laughs> like yes. every day, I was just like trying to get to uh, get up to the high school, get to the gym, work out, whatever it was um with the team and so um kevin was prior to becoming the middleton head coach he was the head coach at oregon high school which is about 20 minutes south of madison and he was actually shaka smart's high school coach and so he kind of leveraged that connection to open the realm of pursuing coaching as my job pursuing coaching as a career um and so i was actually Everything was set to go. Um, I had gotten into the grad program at VCU. Um, it was greenlit. We were good to go. And like two days after I got accepted in the grad program, he took the job at Texas and kind of threw it all into a mix. Um, it worked out. Uh, but so then I took another, like waited that third year, thinking hopefully I could get to Texas. There's just a lot that goes into it. I was pretty naive to, regardless of the level, like, how much goes into um, a staff coming together, um, whether it's a video and player development intern with the Bucks to, you know, a GA spot at the college level and kind of everywhere in between for those like staffing positions. Um, and so the, the Texas stuff wasn't working out and around the same time um, that I've realized, like, this is what I want to commit to. Like if I can make coaching, just straight coaching my career, like that's what I want to do. Like I would enjoy teaching and, you know, coaching a high school sport, but if I can just do straight coaching, mm -hmm. that'd be great. That'd be the ideal. So um, we had a kid, uh, he actually just graduated from Virginia Tech, but his name Storm Murphy. Uh, he was a sophomore at the time for us. I just thought he was getting under recruited, like the kids incredible. I didn't really know a whole lot about the landscape of, you know, D2, D3, like where was he gonna kind of fit? Like I knew he was way better than I was in high school. So he, <laughs> he's gonna be able to play somewhere. Um, and so I reached out to Lance uh, Randall, um, and he at at that point was at a different Division II school, uh, Lindenwood University, just outside of St. Louis. And I had reached out initially when I started and realized like this is what I wanted to do. How can I do it? Like it just basically just picked his brain. I wasn't asking him for a job um, at the time, but um, just asking for some insight into the coaching realm. How do I make the jump from high school to college, basically? And so fast forward when I'm calling about 
this kid that we got that I'm like, I think you guys should take a look at. I think you'll love him. They ended up offering him. He ended up, you know, blowing up that summer and um, playing for a, a high level Chicago AU team. Ended up going to Wofford, played there for four years, and went to Virginia Tech. So he was better than Division Two. Uh, right. So I, so I had, you know, an eye for talent for sure. <laughs> um, but at, the, at all that conversation, like he kind of just switched, switched uh, it up, and he's like, they're, you know, they're not related, but you know, my my GA spot's going to open up and I'd like for you to interview for it. And I was like, this is awesome. So this, this is, this is a guy that gave me my opportunity to coach in college. Um, and before that playing college. So he's already changed my life two times over. Um, ended up getting the job, going down there, uh, packed up my stuff, moved down to St. Charles, Missouri. Um, I was there for two years as like the third assistant and that spring. So this would have been, um, April, May of 18, 2018, um, the GA spot at Wisconsin opened up. So it's my alma mater. It's I'm a Badger. Like this is like it's Division One, which at the time was like that's that's this is the dream job. Like and you know whatever I can do from here, like work my way up the Wisconsin coaching staff, whatever. Like this is literally for me the dream job. And like the stars are aligning, like. Uh, Lance is childhood best friends with Greg Gard. Like they played high school basketball together. Like all these things are like coming together. <laughs> and so I'm a finalist for the job. Uh, I was actually in Madison at the time attending a wedding and got the call and they're like, we're going in a different direction. So I'm like borderline devastated. Like this is like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get another shot here. Like if I couldn't get this one, like what job am I going to get? Like, yeah. And I was still to a certain extent, like I'm, I was more than happy to be going back and working for Lance. Like I love him. He is the basketball father I never had. Um, so I, I knew like I was still going to be in a good spot um, regardless of what the outcome was going to be, but certainly like disappointed by it. So I go back and um, I'm in the midst of moving in with an, uh, the other assistant. Uh, we're getting a, getting a spot together Um and Lance calls me. He's like, hey, you like, I know you're moving, but like, you got to come in. So brings me in. He's like, they're cutting your spot. So <laughs> I'm like totally taken aback. Like the, the whole, and it wasn't just mine. The school in general is going through budget cuts. Right. Um, and so there, there were a handful of, of job casualties within the athletic department and across, uh, across the, the school. But I went from like, you're going to get, the dream job to all of a sudden I don't have a job in coaching right now. Like, and it's late May. I have no clue. Uh, there's the whole coaching carousel for college is done. Like it kind of reaches its peak late March, early April with, uh, with March madness and, um, and everything. So I'm like totally at a loss. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I'm, it's just like been kind of taken out from underneath me. And so he's like, like, just, I actually had another wedding, uh, in Chicago that weekend and it was a family wedding. So I zipped up to Chicago, saw all of them was just kind of like, we're going to figure it out. Um, for whatever reason, I had this sense of, um, calm that it just, it was going to work out. Whatever was going to happen, uh, was going to be right. And so I came back the next week and he's like, let's, you know, Fortunately, June was camps, so he he was able to keep me on and pay me through camp money, um, and just kind of keep me around and try to keep the ball rolling, trying to figure figure something out. And um, so we met the next week, and he's like, "Well, what like what do you want to do?" 
And I was like, well, if I don't have a formal job and I need to volunteer somewhere, like it makes sense to get back to Wisconsin, um, whether it's at Wisconsin and volunteer if they'd be able to, or we had just played Marquette the year before, almost beat them. Um, and like, he's very close with Pat Baldwin, who was the head coach at UW-Milwaukee. Yeah. So like the three division one programs in Southern Wisconsin, like he's got very strong connections to, he's going to vouch for me and like, they'd be taking on free labor if they want it basically it's like kind of what i was thinking was most likely gonna happen live with my parents live with the sibling whatever i got to do mm -hmm. commute i'll figure it out and but basically just work that year at the division one level and like leverage that title to or that experience into something whether it's wherever that was going to be or not um but just stay in coaching because if you get out completely it's very very difficult to then get back in um and so I kind of gave him that spiel and he's like, well, what about the NBA? <laughs> You're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I was like, yeah, of course I would take a job in the NBA. Like, what are you talking? Like, I had no idea that like these, like the video room was even really a thing right. um, that like, there's these intermediate, like, I just assumed if you wanted to get to the NBA, I don't really know who I thought was coaching uh, all, all these teams, but I just yes. like, you just had to, you know, you were, uh, you know, John Beeline or Tom Izzo or Coach Cal, like you became this high major division one head coach. And they're like, oh, we'll bring you to be a head coach for the NBA team. I was like, he said it. And I was like, well, yeah, that'd be, that'd be amazing. Like that it's the NBA. <laughs> and it literally all this, like the good luck and circumstances and fortune was like, Bud had just been hired uh, like two weeks prior, two or three weeks prior. Um, He's bringing his whole staff from Atlanta, uh, for the most part, from Atlanta to Milwaukee. All of these guys are worried about selling houses, buying a house, finding the right spot, kids, schools, like all this stuff. Where like they didn't have that much time to interview that many people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, Bud had uh, obviously was in San Antonio. And so when Lance first got his he a head coaching job, he was in his mid twenties. He got a D three job uh, at Webster university. And this is like the late nineties, early two thousands. It's like the Spurs heyday. He, he went down to the Spurs training camps for, I, I don't know, four or five or six years in a row at the beginning of his career. And this was before like people went to training camps. Like he was the only guest coach there. Mm -hmm. Like now it's like our whole sideline is, you know, filled and there's a whole process of, Know, getting people approved and getting them in and like it's it's hard because everyone wants to attend and you know bump elbows and watch and learn and whatever they can but he's like the only guy there at the time and so he's like in all the coaches meetings he's um <laughs> like rebounding helping with drills like stuff that would never happen in a million years now anywhere and so he's not i mean him and bud aren't friends by any stretch of the imagination but like they're acquaintances and they know of each other and he had his phone number so he literally just shot him a text and was like, hey, let me know what you guys have. Like, I think I got a guy for you. He'd be great. And Bud texts back, like, how tall is he? Yeah. Because right. um, it's, it, you know, it's, it's important. Like, we're working with NBA players. So, like, it's hard to not be able to fulfill some of the responsibilities on the court. Um, and he's like, oh, well, he's 6'2". He's, he's the D3 P.J. Tucker. He'll do whatever you need. <laughs> uh, which obviously is ironic now, having had yeah. P.J. and winning the championship with him and all that stuff. But, um and so then Bud forwarded him uh, Saint's phone number, uh, one of our front of the bench assistants. And I just 
kind of ran with it. a couple phone interviews with him and, and ZP, who's, uh, who was the video coordinator at the time. Um, I came in for a couple summer league practices uh, to kind of in-person interview, just see me on the court, uh, make sure I didn't could like step and move my feet and not <laughs> be a complete doofus. Uh, I'm not an NBA player. I was barely a D3 player. So, uh, but I think they knew what they were getting. Um, and then ended up going out to Vegas on my own, watched a couple of their games and I just same kind of coordinated, like right before a game met with bud for like five minutes and kind of flew back home and they're like, we'll be in touch. Um, and then July 24th, 2018, actually was a great day for me, finished my master's program. And that night, uh, Saint gave me a call and offered me a job and a few expletives, but I was, I was like, yes, I'm in. Um, and from there it's been a continued journey, but that's really how I ended up in Milwaukee. And so it's always interesting now because in the space that I'm in, um, for people asking for advice, it's like really hard for me to tell you, like, you just like, there's a large amount of just luck, um, that's in, involved with it. Um, and I certainly think I work hard and hopefully do a good job, but there's a lot of luck. We are in uh, completely different jobs in basketball, but I quit one job I was doing, moved to Milwaukee and just said, let's see if I can find some sort of work in basketball, in media. Uh, I've been lucky to be able to do that through a pandemic as well. And when people ask me, I say, well, I work my ass off for sure. Um, but I was, was also extremely lucky. So it's on different levels, but I totally get that. Uh, and it's a nice reminder to people, if you missed out on a job that you think is it, uh, things can things can yeah. quickly quickly turn around. Uh, that is an absolutely absurd story, though. I have to tell you something that you wouldn't actually you wouldn't believe uh, is it could could pan out that way. Yeah, and that's so. That's one of my favorite things. It's like I've taken from it. It's like for me in this instance, it was like the job that you want. You know, whatever the thing is, the thing that you want is not necessarily the thing that you need. And like it's worked out. I mean, and then so uh, certainly, but. Uh, I'm glad that that was your takeaway from it because that's one of the things that I've, I'm a big believer in now, having kind of gone through it. Yeah, it's and it's it's a hard thing to explain uh, to people, particularly if they're disappointed about a path they're going yeah. down. So let's uh, let's get to the NBA stuff then, because this is, uh, I think, again, the insight to perhaps uh, what fans and, and myself certainly don't get into too often. So you're in the position you're in, and eventually you spend uh, it's a it's a year. In, in this role and then you're able to move in um, to a, to a, I guess, a, I don't know whether it's a more full-time role or paid role, whatever, whatever the description is, you can describe that. But working in an NBA video room, can you give us some insight to what this looks like through the week and what it looks like on game day? And when you've gone the path that you've gone, uh, coaching different schools, I feel like it has to be a little bit intimidating, right? Working with, these NBA coaches, even Bud and saying, Hey Bud, this is what I'm seeing. And I mean, for me, I'm, I feel like I'd be sitting there saying, <laughs> does he think I am a complete idiot right now? <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's, and that's okay. Cause sometimes yeah. we are, um, yeah, yeah. but um, the video room is, is uh, it's such a unique experience. And I'd be remiss if I don't shout out the VR five, like my first year, 18, yeah. 19, 
so Zach Peterson was a heavy coordinator, West Bond, Skylar Rimmer, uh, off to LA. Try to get in, won't I won't get too emotional on it. Um, <laughs> and then Ryan Frazier, who is now an assistant coach with the New Orleans Pelicans, and then myself. That was hands down best year of my life, um, all things considered. But the video room is it's like it's so unique because you you have to spend so much time together. Um, like we are the first people in, the last people out. We are there to service um, the players first and then the coaches to service the players. And um, so literally the job description is endless. Like <laughs> it can be something from a video standpoint, like I need this clip, I need this game, I need whatever to, you know, you, I need you to go pick up dry cleaning, this, that, like everything, it's all encompassing. And like my approach with it, it was always whatever I'm doing, even if it's not a, exactly basketball, like it's helping somewhere down the line with basketball. It's helping an assistant coach, you know, be able to spend time with their family so that, you know, they're in a better mood the next day when they come in and we meet and we're talking about a scout. Like it's all, it's not as direct um, as being a coach, but there's, I, I feel very strongly that there's a ton of impact like down the line with what the video room does. Um, and so the bulk of it is, is prepping video, you know, pulling games off of, off of hoop one, coding them. So one, two, them, we, you know, put, put them into possessions, label a bunch of stuff, play calls, you know, shots, um, play results, things like that um, to then give to the coaches for them to watch. So we're like, kind of the meat and potatoes, like the grinders, boom, 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 like lather, rinse, repeat game after game, um, whether it's for scout games. Um, the head video coordinator is a little bit different because your primary job is to manage the team's film. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's more uh, working with Bud. But um, the bulk of the room is focused on uh, prepping for scout film and then just the on-court stuff, whether it's vitamins before practice, you know, guys shooting after practice and then the practice court, uh, whatever role that they need to fulfill within whatever drills we're doing that day. And then, uh, you know, if guys want to come back at night, like we're the people that service them, like help them, like whatever if coach says, Hey, I need somebody here at five o'clock for Bobby. Like we're there. Um, so that's kind of the big picture. I think with, the day to day, it's really just a matter of is it a game day or not? Um, it's you lose track of, I'm, I'm sure you're well aware, you lose track of what day of the week it is. It's just either a game day or it's a practice day or a lockout day, like um, where it's just kind of gets shuffled around a little bit. You know, I would say a practice day is normally where video rooms in there early. You're probably working on film, working on scout stuff, uh, whatever you got upcoming. And that's just a matter of the schedule, like what teams are you staffed to? Uh, with your scout coach. And um, so sometimes you're super, super, super busy. Sometimes you, you don't have a scout going on. So it's like a lighter and maybe you're working on projects or picking up some slack for somebody else. Um, and then, uh, you know, whatever hour, hour and 20 minutes before practice, we're on court helping out with the vitamins, the individual player workouts, practice. And then kind of that break in the afternoon is again, like that's the time for you to take care of whatever you need to uh, kind of finish up. And then it's the NBA. So there's games going on every night. If you got a scout game coming up, you're probably coding a game that night. 
wake up the next morning, get it to the scout coach. They're giving you back a game. You know, you're organizing whatever they've sent you um, based on what they've marked. And lather, rinse, repeat for uh, nine months. Um, game just kind of puts a little flux in uh, for everything because you just got to navigate having the actual team's game going on. Like, I mean, and like the responsibilities that come with uh, the game, like the shoot around wouldn't be very much different film before. Um, you know, if you're responsible for the scout, then you're putting together the scout material, like the, um, you know, the shoot around tape and the pregame tape stuff that the team is going to eventually watch after the coaches kind of finalize it. Um, and then, you know, you're coming back to Pfizer usually three hours before the game and getting things set up and got like various responsibilities for setup um, over there um, just in terms of the equipment that we use um, in back and the bench and whiteboards and uh, the coaches meeting room and have, making sure everything's you know, good to go um, come game time. And then for the most part, you're out on court for the pregame workouts and um, helping the players get ready for the game with whatever they need. And then, Typically, if you got a scout game, you're probably coding it while our game's going on um, <laughs> and like trying to balance both. Um, hopefully it's if it's not a it's not like a one out or a two out, then like the urgency is not as high. So you can pay a little bit more attention to our game. But um, it's kind of it's how it's like the lifeblood of the of the coaching staff. It's how everything keeps kind of moving along, chugging along. All right, that's going to do it for part one of our chat with Blaine Miller, Bucks assistant coach. Now, I did originally plan that this was going to be a one-part podcast, but uh, the conversation has been so good and we've got plenty to get to in the next part. We are going to discuss uh, clearly the Bucks championship run and all the moments that went through that from a coaching perspective, uh, working with Giannis. What did PJ Tucker bring to this team? And of course, we have to discuss uh, Marjon Beauchamp and uh, early impressions from Blaine uh, from Las Vegas Summer League. So the second part of this conversation is awesome. I can confirm that. Uh, make sure you listen to that early next week for Monday's podcast. Uh, check out the Locked On NBA podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts as well. And uh, enjoy the weekend. Hopefully you've enjoyed the back end of this week. We'll see you guys on Monday.